Have you ever had a moment when you are leading an activity and someone in the group says, I've done this before, and then it kind of rattles you a bit because you think, oh, do I want to do this activity if people have done this before? Well, this conversation between myself, Jim Grell, Chris Damboys, and Lisa Hunt will be addressing this very topic of repeating activities. So when you have seen an activity many times, how do you manage your expectations when each group is going to be so different? I think it's like teaching in general. Like if, let's say you teach math, which I would not ever want to do, but if you did, you have to be into the people that are learning it. So I think in that instance, it's always, for them, it's their first time doing this experience. So if you truly are into their experience, then not an issue. I mean, how could we all do what we've done for the length of time that we have? if we weren't finding newness in the people as compared to the activity, because the activities are just the activities. And you know, it's like you put in the Tinker book, Lisa, about the, the constant search for what's a new activity or more activities. And you know, it's an endless search. I mean, it's, it, I don't think it ever would be satisfying. It's, it's like buying a lot of things or something, but see, to see the joy of people's experience in their eyes and whatever that might be, that that's really satisfying. The image that that brought up for me right then when you were speaking about that, Jim, was teaching people self-belayed climbing for the first time. It's a pretty standard procedure in our industry. We've all done it hundreds, if not thousands of times ourselves and taught lots of people to do it. But each person's experience around becoming unroped, becoming independent in their own safety and their own movement, from some people, it's a very freeing experience. Other people, it feels extremely scary. But managing each of those people and helping them get to a place where they know more about how to do that or manage themselves within that is really exciting sometimes. So I agree it's about that person's experience in the moment or that team's experience if they're doing an activity as a group. But yeah, what are they getting out of it in that moment really makes the difference and allows you to be present even though you may have done an activity a million times. It's like that look on their face when you're rappelling and they go from standing up straight to leaning back and trusting that this is going to catch them. And everybody has that twinkle of fear and then a twinkle in their eye like, oh my word, it really works. And I think that's that's sort of that sweet spot. I got some feedback from a colleague early on in my career, uh, Jason Seaman, who's at UNH now. And he and I did a multi-day workshop together and we sat down and just, you know, gave each other some thoughts. And he said, Lisa, I want you to practice like making it appear to the group that you are expert in that this activity has never been done with you before. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you need to like give them confidence that you know how the activity works, but that there's never, ever, ever been a group like this. And he made it just sound like it's just, just try that. But it was such a great piece of feedback. And I've always kept that with me of like, I mean, everyone has their personality, right? Some of you, I think, can really be like, well, the last group I had, you know, and there's like, again, context for that kind of joking. But for me, I I really literally try to erase the expectations, like like a dry erase board, like erase, okay, next group. And so if I know how the activity usually functions, what are the physical things that it brings up? Like, oh, this one is a little, this cable's loose here, so be careful the spot. I don't, my expectations are completely brand brand new formed for every group. And I think because I try to communicate that in the words that I choose, I think my expectations follow. 
even in a training environment, like I won't say like, well, most groups have this experience. Like I just try, I think based on that comment from Jason so many years ago, I try not to talk about that. And I also think it also helps the group dial down the like, are we, are we good? Are we you know, give us our evaluation. Area. And I get that because I've certainly asked that question. When I was uh, starting out, I did outdoor ed sites do this all the time, especially if you're new, they teach you 10 activities. They're the only 10 you know. So you do recite, you do them so often. It's like one of them was helium hoop. And that's like, we know the outcomes of that aren't always the best. And it leads to frustration. But the teacher is like your first thing that you've ever taught as a practitioner. Like, that's not a great practice. You're not, you're doing that with every single group that comes in. So for the, but when I learn more, I like cut it from my repertoire completely because I was bored with seeing the outcome and the outcome always being negative. I thought like, what is the point of this activity? And I've recently done it again. Like I brought it back. I realized the value of it. Now I know what the outcomes are. And there is a cool moment to it. There's like that kind of like every time it lifts, there's that face that people are very confused. That's kind of cool. So it's like there is a using of stuff that has a different outcome that rather than me being bored and always seeing them. But I do hear from people, like a lot of people who say they want new stuff is because they're bored. And then I think like, well, how are you rating your choices of activity? Is it all about you? Like if it has to be new for you every time, like that, you're never going to be able to run an effective program if every time you do a program, you're doing new activities. So there's got to be repetition so you get good at it. So for me, I use activities the same, but I've got a script in my head and that works. I know they work and I can adapt them to the group, but it makes me comfortable as a facilitator. It makes my day work better if I use stuff that I know there are a thousand times, like the ones I've done a thousand times. So it's like ingrained in me rather than using new all the time. I was fortunate to go to be able to see like Carl's, one of Carl Ronke's last ever workshops. And the thing I was struck by in it, and I don't know if he always did this, but he certainly did it when he was doing that workshop. In, in the framing of the activity, he sort of suggested that was the first time he'd also done the activity. He sort of invited you in this thing like, hey, everyone, do you want to try this with me? Like, I don't think I've ever tried this before. And I know that he's probably done that. That's all that, made up. Exactly. <laughs> But, in a good way. Yeah, but I think that's the part of the thing that creates that energy around like it's new, like you're on, you're a part of his adventure that you sort of want to get involved more. So I've used that a couple of times. I found it as, at work, the times that I've tried it with stuff, like I've never done this activity before. I actually did a, the same activity four different workshops or conferences and I said, this is the first time I've ever done this, but thank you for being, like I said that four times. So luckily no one was the same people, but... But I liked the like the feel of of that because it did feel like invitational, so that their expectations were were good. Something that I bring up often in our episodes is the notion that you don't need to know a hundred activities, sort of okay. You should try to get really good at about 10 or so activities that you could use in different ways with different audiences. And so with that said, I'm going to be talking about the book that I co-authored called Tinker, Building Purposeful Experiences from Classic Adventure Activities. Now, Tinker is like no other book of activities that is out there. This one focuses on the variations on these classic activities. So we picked a handful of activities. We went through the variations. We talk about how we frame and reflect on those activities and adapt them to meet the needs of any group that we work with. 
So in the description of this episode, I'm going to throw the link of where you can purchase the book Tinker. Once again, if you want to reach out to me, you can do so at Vertical Playpen. You can send me a direct message. That's on Instagram. Or you can email me podcast at highfiveadventure.org and I'll answer any questions you may have about this book. I'm very proud of it. So I hope you uh, pick it up and read it and you find value in it as well. Okay, back to the episode. I'm going to like lead in just to a sub question as I was thinking about this. How do you deal with participants who have seen activities before? Because you're often going to get like people who say, oh, we've done this one. We've seen this one before. When we went to Holbrook or when we went, like we did this before and it's part of your agenda. It's part of your plan. It's going to hit their goals. What what do people do? Do you still go with it? Do you frame it slightly different or, what, or do you just skip it? I'd throw, I'd throw them out of the workshop. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. You're out. Get out. Yeah. You're out of the game. <laughs> if one person says, hey, I've seen this before, I often say to the group, how many of others have, have done this activity before? And just so I get a, so I sort of get a read on the group. Is it just one person or is it multiple? Because if it's just one person, I'll often just in the process after I brief it, we'll pull them to the side and say, hey, you have more information perhaps than others. You have a choice about how to use that, and that could be used in many multiple ways. You could be very demanding and steer how this goes, or you could be more open to outcomes, or you might just be a rich source of information that at the right moment really lets the group shine with this. So you have choices, and I just say that to them and let it go. Well, it's up to people, not the activity. I mean, right. you could overdo an right. activity and say, if, if you're going to do 10 activities and everybody's done them, then that's foolish. Why, why do that? Depends on the nature of the what you're trying to achieve. But I think to be able to engage people in the people part, you know, so it's whatever goes on with the people. It's just that we've all say it's just an educational tool as a means to an end, unless you're trying to teach people a hundred games, which case just keep firing away and <laughs> give it to them. But I think trying to, same as you're saying, kind of get them engaged at a level that's, you know, it's about this group, these people go with it. A lot of times I think when people do that too, it's their own. And we've all seen it, you know, a little, bravado about how you're not sure how much you know kind of thing and you know you have to be gracious and go with that as well and we've probably all done that at some point or another ourselves in one way but i think trying to you know get them more into the group part than uh the activity part yeah shelly gibson from chuanki said it was such a great line i wish i'd recorded it. it was like well it's experiential learning so why would you only do it once you know, and it's like, right, so you learn a math thing, you do worksheets, you have homework, you have exams, you do that over and over. Like, why do we think that adventure games are like this single solitary experience? And it was, I mean, I don't speak sarcastically to participants, but I, I keep that like, well, great. So maybe this experience is going to teach you a different lesson this time, you know? And again, it, it totally depends on, as you were saying, Chris, like, what are the goals? Are you trying to teach them activities? So Typically, if I'm training folks in activities, I'll say, how many other people know this activity? And then is it useful to your program? Would you like to learn more activities like this? You know, so just to get a sense. And I find that if I set the tone at a games workshop of like, share what you know already so that you're not at the end of the day, like, this was great, but we knew 80% of the kids. Like, you got to know that in in real time. I think that idea of like, what's well, experiential learning? Why are we only going to do it once? It's like... Such a no-brainer. Like your football team never doing the same play twice. Exactly. You know, and how many plays they have? I, I think about two. But 
Sorry to all the football yeah, fans out there. But... Yeah. <laughs> I know. We were watching hockey, and Jim was like, this is what's going to happen. He's going to go here. Pasternak's going to do this. And then sure enough, and I'm like, that play works for them. Like, keep doing it. Sure. I'm not sure if I used the right names. No, that was pretty good, Thanks. actually. Yeah. We, we had all day to close. Pasternak. Bruins. He'll be flattered. The uh, other thing that I was thinking is like the prep before the program. So when we, we've had some programs come in, we often ask them if they've done anything before, and that gives us information. This also leads on to the mistake question slowly, but I remember I did a uh, a one-day all-staff program, and I had planned to do an Ubuntu sequence. Very standard that I would do that. They were inviting High Five. That's our product. I thought, oh, I'll do Ubuntu. But we forget sometimes how how it's out there. Many people have bought them. That's the point. So they might use them because they're a good tool. They don't just save them for when we come and work there. And I did a sequence, and it was only until after that sequence. No one told me. So I can't own, I, I can't own some of this. But at the very end, they were like, oh, yeah, yesterday we had our director led us through these exact same activities. I said, I just spent like 45 minutes repeating something that someone else had done and you paid me to come out. It's like, it's yeah, at the time it was like, oh, I felt terrible. But but knowing that, like ask, knowing to ask those questions now, I always ask like, have you done anything before? Have you even known when I'm doing camp trainings? Because they'll often do team development stuff leading up and they may have done stuff that I taught them the year before. So especially if I'm going the next year, it means I have to stay fresh. It's not because I don't think it's a good experience or I don't think it's good learning. It's just li very literal that I just taught them that. So it makes sense that they should be using it in the year. And I'm, they're not just waiting for that one time that fills around again. School for International Training, we finally got wise over after about 15 years. Tell us what you've done. Because they would do some of our things as warm-ups back at the campus before they arrived here for the day. Well, this, there is a big bag of tricks, so we can do different stuff. But when we didn't know it, sometimes that exact same thing would yeah. would play out. I think the opposite sometimes we had a, a we were just in Boston doing a job with a company and in the planning stages of you know one of the people would say like really want to use this initiative and it because their experience with it was good but that didn't necessarily mean that was the the activity or initiative that was going to fit for that particular day and it was just they were they had a great experience with it they loved it and they wanted to do it again and it's like peekahoo with kids right you could do that every day of the year 180 days in the school and they'd say do it one more I think there is value, though, sometimes in, in in us doing things that they might have seen once before. And, not, and I'm not suggesting the fact that whoever did it initially did it poorly, but they did it differently. And seeing it facilitated differently, I suspect if we all did the same Ubuntu sequence, it would feel differently based on the audience and the outcomes we're going after, even though it might be the same four exact activities. I think it's a perfect opportunity for them to reflect on how are they presenting it themselves and for what reason? So seeing it multiple times is not a, in, in a training context, isn't a bad thing. If you're going back to the same sixth grade class and doing the same activities over and over. Well, I was kind of shocked when I did the Ubuntu workshop at the symposium. We just don't have it on the symposium docket that often because we just assume that if they come into a high five symposium, they've probably seen it before. But like I had 20, 30 people in that group. And most of the stuff I did, they owned the deck, but they'd never seen them. And I thought I was using the classic things that I always do. So I think sometimes we do make assumptions that I've shown them this thing, but it, we have a book that has 32 activities. How many of people in this circle right now have you done all 32 activities in that book? <laughs> so, so it's one of those, I think we do make some assumptions on what people have seen most on some product stuff. But. And I think also it's our full-time job. Adventure for some people, even if you're a summer camp 
counselor who's, who's, who's working on a challenge course, you get six weeks, you get five days per week, that's 30 days. You get a small slice of the year that you're doing these things. So it's not like it, our frame of reference is off, I think, because we do so much of this work all the time. I think so. And we're, it just reminds me of this concept we teased out in my last open enrollment, this collective novelty. So all of, I agree with so much of everything I just heard. And I'll also say on the other side of it, it is so delightful to see a group doing something for the very first time when it's literally never been, like you t I took up my comet balls and they were like, no way. They, like I had to call them in for dinner. Like it was just and it's not about me like, oh, I'm a genius. They have this thing. Although, I mean, there is some ego involved sometimes. But it is delightful, to, I think, to watch a group collectively explore something brand new. Like, that's just joyful, I think. The Adventure Basic Workshops are so much fun for that reason. Because it's like first-year students coming in that don't even know about adventure. And the sky's the limit in terms of exciting them, you know? Yeah. That's often why I bring out the Lycra tube. <laughs> I bring it out like every so often I'll bring it out of the bag. It serves not much purpose for a program other than exactly that. It's going to be something they're probably not seeing. And it's one of those just I'm giving them that experience and that's the purpose of it. I'm not even expecting they buy one for themselves because that Lycra isn't particularly cheap. So it's like I have no expectation of you doing this or using this in any way other than I'm just going to do it because it's kind of fun. It, it's true. I think, yeah, my shift, my thinking has really shifted, especially since Tinker came out of like, I don't owe it to anyone to show them brand new stuff. Like that pressure is, I, 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 there's a place for that and I don't have to respond to it. And when a group can experience something brand new together, it serves the function of that group. It helps them develop to another place. So thank you so much, everyone. It's been cool. Thanks. Bob. Can I knock on the table? Fun. We can rally. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you found it valuable, please share it with other educators that you may think may find this valuable. And be sure to share, follow, like. It's always appreciated, I promise you. And I'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to Vertical Playcast. And then what about, thanks for listening to High Fives Podcast. Can you do it? Okay, try Thanks for giving us a good pass, guys. <laughs>